0: And welcome to the Gig Stories podcast with two of the most middle-aged men you could ever meet. Listener, it takes something when you have to wait to start a podcast because you've both got to, you know, get rid of trapped wind. I mean, what is is with that, Chris? It's like we're getting old. We can't can't talk for two sentences without burping. I remember that happening with my teachers at school. And I was like, "Why, why, why do you keep burping all the time? real life, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just the life of a middle-aged man, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're keeping it real here, Alex. Yeah, we are. So here real. we are. No. You lot are flipping lucky and so are Chris and I. We've only just had a compilation episode and we are back with a new episode straight away. And this is an exciting one. Uh, I mean, you've seen it on the title, so I'm not even going to hide the name. We've got Grant Nicholas from Feeder. And it was one of those moments, listener, where before he appeared on the screen, I was just smiling to myself. And uh, I, I said to him, "Such a he's such a familiar face in my sort of festival and gig-going life. It, it was a good one, wasn't it, Chrissy Boyne?
1: It was lovely. It was lovely. And uh, thanks again to, to Grant because he was poorly... So he's got a, a kind of chest infection and... And, yeah, the day we interviewed him was, I think it was the release date of their new album, Torpedo. And so, obviously, they had loads of events lined up. The the following morning, they were supposed to be on the Chris Evans radio show. Um, They had some in-store appearances at Rough Trade and various others um, where they were going to do some, um, you know, play live and then do some in-store signings. But the playing live for the first few has had to be kind of taken off the agenda. And the first couple had, had to be postponed till the end of, I think the end of the month. Um, but anyway, he was he was really gutted about it anyway. Um, but it was it was great that he made time. And I mean, there wasn't too much coughing. I, I managed to edit out some of the coughing. I, actually, I think Alex, you coughed more
0: than he did. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I was nervous. I was nervous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great wee chat. I don't think I don't think you have to read between the lines there into what Chris is saying. Well, I am just going to hammer it home because this is Grant Nicholas Fida and generally not just a little cough—he's got a chest infection. He didn't have to do this podcast; he could have easily gone, ah, forget it, and and he did, and he took time and he wanted to, and even when there was some technical difficulties and. Um, struggling to uh, to get online. 10 minutes later, boom, Graham was back. So he made huge efforts. So I have absolutely got to send uh, lots of love and respect to Graham for doing this. An absolute gentleman. And yes, he, he says it, and I will say it again for him, for those of you who are going to see the boys in store, he is so gutted that he can't make it acoustic but he's still gonna mask up and and go and do sign-ins so that he doesn't let fans down. That's just, I think that's amazing, because it could be very easy for feeder PR and and him to just go, no, let's just reschedule. So man, that is commitment. So loads of, loads of love, loads of love.
1: Yeah, I was wanted to um, just give a quick shout out as well to Charles Commons. Um, he's a podcast producer and massive, massive fan of the band. I, I mentioned it to him a couple of weeks ago that we were, right. we were we were trying to trying to get Grant on the on the the show, and he was like, because oh, he had mentioned it on you know unprompted, saying, you know, my band is feeder. Everyone's got their band. You've got Mannix. I've got James. Charles is. And I've never met a, a feeder, number one, you know, that's my band. Um, but he, he was, you know, well chuffed that we were, we were having Grant on. Charles actually went to the, the church in Newport in 2002 to pay respects after John Lee passed. Um, and yeah, so yeah. that was the, the original drummer in, in feeder. And so, yeah, hope this lives up to the
0: expectation, Charles. And you know what? In the hope... In the hope, because I'm, I'm so annoyed that I didn't mention this to Grant, and I hope that there's an opportunity I can, maybe when we go and see them in Manchester. But I'm going to say it now, just on the off chance that you're listening, Grant, and to any of you listeners that may have missed the episode that this is in, uh, one of our, probably our most committed listener, uh, Mr. Benjamin Maisie, who, you know, I can't deny, is absolutely one of my very best friends in the whole wide world. Him and his wife were going to sea feeder in Newport Centre, and he told us of an anecdote, and we read it out on here. And they were they were in the queue getting in, and this um, older woman, she was slightly older than the rest of the audience. So oh yes. <laughs> was getting in she had like a i think i'll have to go back in this but it was like a, a bottle of lucas aid and some sweets and stuff and i think security were just trying to stop and saying well you can't come in." she's going but i'm feeders mum I'm, I'm like i've got to come in i'm feeders mum and security going, what? and what and it was actually grant's mum <laughs> I'd forgotten that, and I
1: I remember the the lovely ev- image of everyone else in the queue saying, "No, I am feeder's mum."
0: No, I'm feeder's mum. <laughs> and do you know what, Chris? When our boys are headlining, you know, the Pyramid Stage at Glastonbury, I'm I'm going to do the same. I'm going to take whatever I want and get my massive bag of Maltesers, and I'm walking straight through the front door. And if it's cute, you're just trying to stop me, I'll be saying, "Hey." I'm, I'm the dad <laughs> it Brilliant. was just so it was it was just lovely I, I i love that anecdote and it just um i don't know i'll claim anything as welsh but it just sounds very welsh i can just imagine a welsh <laughs> man going Oi, i'm feeder's mum let me in
1: <laughs> and you don't you do not mess with a mum <laughs> no, you, no you do not no, well, in in the chat i mean i'm not going to give too much away but we do Talk about um, a couple of bands, one more than the other, but we talk about Radiohead and briefly we talk about Elastica. And I just—I was looking through my my Bible, my my um photo album full of Bible? Well, my photo album full of ticket stubs.
2: You've got a photo album full of ticket stubs.
1: <laughs> yeah, no,
0: I hadn't why, mentioned why, it before. Why has this not come up before? <laughs> well, I know. Got a spreadsheet too, mate. Now I'm interested to know where you're going. I mean, I I hardly know where you're going with this, but I also want to ask you a question that I've not as well, because I had, when Grant mentioned Elastica and Radiohead, I had two feelings, one of sheer frustration and one of um, pure understanding. Pure understanding, because there aren't many Radiohead tours that I've not been to. And then the frustration, I never got to see Elastica. Ah, uh, right. I, well Like, gutted. So you, go on, you saw Elastica? Yeah, so um, firstly, um,
1: I was looking through the ticket stubs for around about um, this time of year um, for, you know, a few years ago, and realised that on Thursday, the 16th of March in 1995, I I had paid the princely sum of seven pounds. And in exchange for my seven pounds, I got a ticket to Radiohead, who were playing at the garage.
0: Yeah. And and that's the that's the that's the Benz tour, isn't
1: it? Yeah, the Benz had come out the the previous week. Yeah, the first Benz tour. The Benz had come out the previous week. And um but I'd bought the tickets way in advance and it was you know massively sold out because the Benz was so anticipated. And um, I was just looking at the um, capacity of the garage in Glasgow and I had it in my head that it was you know a thousand, fifteen hundred, you know, that size, because it's the, the step mm-hmm. down it's the step below Barrowlands. So
0: when that's what I was just gonna say, so the garage is is is, is down it is below it's below the barrel and then More, I think the the other one that's popular, is it the Oran Moor? I'm so sorry.
1: Well the Oran Moor is a is at the uh, down again? Yeah. Well yes. I mean tonight. the Oran Moor is a, a converted church, but that wasn't a, a venue when I was when I was in, in Glasgow, um, the Oranmore oh, is a converted right. church, and which is at the top of Byers Road and at the crossroads by the Botanic Gardens. But um, you kind of had three levels, really. So you had King Tut's, which was like you, you really, Tuts. yeah, King Tut's was the small yes. venue, and then yes. the garage was then the next step up, and then yeah. the
0: step up from that would have been the Barrowlands. And geographically, because I, I, I love this stuff, were they? Were they close to each other? Are those venues close to each other?
1: Ish. I mean, Glasgow's. Uh, you know, you can walk Glasgow quite, quite easily. And I, you know, I right. had many times where I'd walked back from my flat to walk back from the Barlands to my flat, um, and certainly the garage, uh, the garage on, so- on Socky Hall Street, and um, King Tut's was on St Vincent Street. And they're, yeah, they're not not far away. Barlands right. a bit further away from those two but um but yeah but i looked at the the capacity of the garage thinking yeah. it was you know i mean this is radiohead 95 the bands just come out capacity yeah. of, a, of 700 what 700 and i always say that, that this is one of my favorite gigs of all time um yeah radiohead at the at the, at the garage and um they came on i just got the set list up and the, oh, set, the yes. set list is crazy. What do you think they started with? Just to the, blow the roof off straight away?
0: Oh, I think they came on and um, I can't remember if they came on and went straight into The bends, or, or Planetelix. They came, right?
1: they came on and played The bends. They the started bends. with The bends, yeah. And then I'll just go quickly through the, the playlist. Oh, do
0: you know what? I've, I've got actual, I've got actual goosebumps there because it was similar. It was, it was similar to Cardiff because I just remember lights. It was really anticipated this gig because they'd yeah. really gone and and to come on and just go, bam, bam, bam. bam that yeah. is and bear in mind they'd had
1: they'd had pa- yeah. um, Pablo Honey had, ca- had come out a couple of years previously, and then they'd released the uh, My Iron Lung EP. That's right. Um, But the the set list, just really quickly, was The Bends, Just, Anyone Can Play Guitar, Bones, High and Dry, Black Star, Nice Dream, Prove Yourself, Stop Whispering, Vegetable, Fake Plastic Trees, planet Planet Telex, Bulletproof, Creep, My Iron Lung, Blowout, and then they came on and did an encore of Bananaco, You... Street Spirit, and Ripcord.
0: Oh my gosh, Bananaco, I flipping loved that.
1: Yeah, well, that was, that was on the Iron Long EP, wasn't it? Oh, was it a uh, B-side? No, it was a B-side, it, was, wasn't it, it? No, it
0: was B-side. Was it not the B-side to Creep, or was it...? No, no, Ban- Bananaco
1: was, was street,
0: street Spirit B-side, I think. Well, no, I, no, I think you'll find that Bananaco existed earlier. when we saw them supporting James, mate, back in '93.
1: Ah right, okay.
0: I believe so. Yeah. I am happy someone to go, what an idiot. You clearly don't like Radiohead. But I think it um no, you might be right and they may have they may have re-released it. Yeah. That is oh, that is ridiculous. What I what I like now, nostalgia looking back on these things, and I, I don't know if I you No, know, you just appreciate it at the time, don't you? So it's no point me, you know, regretting. But seeing a band. With such a strong album, because that's the thing with me, with, 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 sorry, with Radiohead. There's, for me, my ears anyway, there's, there's, on some of their albums, there's just really any filler, any filler at all. And I mm. don't, don't often skip through. And I know, you know, some, some people just lost their way with Radiohead after, okay, computer for a couple of albums. Not me. But the bands. <laughs> Every single track, like I would literally sell my nan if Radiohead announced today that they're just going to tour the Benz album,
2: nothing oh. else,
0: no extra encore. We're just going to play the the Benz album. They can play it whenever they want. I'd, I'd sell, I'd sell my nan, which is difficult. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, that was that was Thursday the sixteenth of March, and then a week after Thursday the twenty third of March. I went across to uh, Edinburgh and to the Queen's Hall, and for the princely sum of seven pounds fifty, saw Elastica. Shut up. Yeah. Um. It yeah. I mean, it was a busy time. I was looking through. And got
0: fifty pence more than Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Us. I mean, that was one album. Yeah. Did they
2: deserve
0: to an extra fifty pence per ticket?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but around about that time so the 16th of March I'd, I'd, on the 3rd of March I'd, I'd been to see Jean at the garage and then there was obviously Radiohead then oh Elastica my gosh. and then the day after Elastica I saw Marion at the garage um,
0: the day after Elastica you saw Marion? yeah at the garage um, oh man this the, I, this just makes me so nostalgic it makes me want to cry because I remember those weeks where two or three a week, yeah. but not just like because we'd go and see local bands, really small bands, but but you just saw Gene, Radiohead, Elastica, Marion. And they were they were March. I love that you've just pulled them up that they were March as well. Yeah, they were and all March. Listener, let me just remind you, that's 27 years ago. Oh my God. Ooh. And the thing with Elastica I remember is they were so hyped and uh, that, that's not me commenting on the music because I, I think that album was was a good album um, and I didn't get to see them and so yes I'm gutted but I remember they played uh, the, shoot, the great hall and tickets were being sold outside for 80 to 90 quid back that's then insane. yeah but the the for any of any of you any of us that were, you know, reading music press and, and what have you back then, Elastica were everywhere, weren't they? They were huge. The hype was ridiculous, and so you know it, it was sort of similar to the Strokes and things. But those, I just remember those gigs, bang, bang, bang. They were, they were sold and Yeah. And it got a bit tabloidy
1: sort of, as well. They were making, the press was yeah. making a lot out of the fact that um, uh, Justine was, was going out with uh, with Damon, Damon from Orton. Blur. And they, they were also then kind of trying to gin up a bit of rivalry as well between um, uh, Damon and Brett Anderson and, uh, all yeah, this kind real. of stuff, stuff yeah, yeah it was just it was just a bit mucky really um yeah. because uh, and and that kind of uh, kind of overshadowed the fact that elastica were
0: knockout that album is a belter a terrible, um, it, it it was a good album it was a good album do you know what? i want to listen to it i can listen to it start to finish because i think in my memory the singles are fantastic and I but I do think because um, it's only it's only like something silly 27 30 minutes isn't it, or something? yeah and but I, I've got a feeling there's there's a few tracks that I used to think oh maybe a bit of filler and then there was all the, you know the controversy about whether they ripped off the stranglers or not and what yeah. have you but I do remember just enjoying those singles yeah you know waking up it was just yeah, it was great, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, £7 and £7.50, this is sort of blowing my mind, and I, w- I, w- I will move on in just a tad, because my ticket for Nirvana, and I'm not comparing them to Nirvana, because they're at Nirvana at different level, but when, when Kurt died and I got my money back for my ticket, I think I'd paid £13.50 for Nirvana, and that was... I can't remember if that was... I think it was the Arena. It might have been the ice rink, Cardiff Ice Rink. I think it was Cardiff Arena. It was £13.50. I do remember thinking, oh, that's a lot of money. But that compared to £7 to see Radiohead on the Benz. Yeah. yeah.
1: In May that year as well, uh, just looking at ticket prices and what you got for it, um, I think I might have mentioned this uh, on a previous episode, but Bucketful of Bands at the Barrowland... At the barrel yeah, and,
0: and How much was it first?
1: It was five pounds.
0: And who was who was in it?
1: Well, well, it started at two o'clock in the afternoon and finished at half ten. So you can imagine the nick we were in by the end of it.
0: Oh, um, yeah. We depend pay the fiver for anyone. Doesn't matter who the bands are. For... So
1: headlining were uh, Thrum and Baby Chaos. Baby Chaos, which I think is oh, a cracking yeah. name. Yeah, Baby Chaos were great, and Thrum Thrum were great. Kind of more kind of Americana style, Um uh, the Delgados, remember the Delgados? Oh, I love the Delgados, yeah. 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 Uh, a band called Blisters, Wawa Jack, uh, a band called Shrick. and then quite far down, um not many people were there. I remember for for at least two or three of the bands, we could sit on the floor in the barrellands and just it was sat in a circle and listen to the band.
0: Were, play. were you in and there for the first band? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Love that. Yeah, but that but that meant being... <laughs> <So> well, <long. laughs> no, but that meant we saw Travis as well because they were on the bill.
0: Oh, what year was that?
1: Ninety-five, and they were way down the bill. They were maybe third band on. So that's one, so that, two, three, was, four, five, had, six, had seven. Had they
0: already released first album?
1: Not entirely sure. Maybe not. Maybe not. But that's seven bands. Or, or they
0: they were about to. Because then what was it? Ninety-seven or ninety-eight that they. Headlined Glastonbury.
1: Yeah, it was it was a, a heady rise that they had, but yeah, that was um, that was five Nicker.
0: <laughs> I yeah. mean, I don't know. I don't know what bands you can see for a fiver now. Um, but it, it the pricing, I need to try and get over it, but I just I can't. You you know, I'm. This is going out Monday, and this evening. I'm taking the G's, my two elders, to see Sam Fender. I don't know if I've mentioned him before. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I can't wait. And it was a, this is a, a late Christmas present. And the price on, on those tickets, you know, it's not cheap. And our youngest, I'm taking her to the warehouse in June to see this artist. Now, I only know this artist. He's called Conan Gray. I only know this artist because the plays him. And he sort of very, to me, he seems very indicative of music nowadays. So it doesn't matter whether I've heard of him. Artists now are getting huge just off the back of uh, YouTube and having had a song on TikTok and are doing these massive tours. And commercially, as such, we, I, I've sort of not seen or heard of them so it's weird that musicians now can exist and 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 grow in different ways because mm. it seemed to me back in the day you were played on Radio 1, top of the pops or in the music press and the music press either being your mainstream sort of smash it or your more indie Enemy and, and and the rest but now you can have these artists and it's not like I'm uh, ignorant or oblivious to what you would call pop music and I'm not, you know, that is by no means a, a backhanded or, or, or having a jive because you know, I, I love it, I love them all, Olivia Rodrigo, ah, big fan, big fans, but I can see where she's come from and I hear her being played on the radio and I, um you know, I hear her with me, but this guy, the tickets were 35 quid yeah. and I'm like, Who is this guy, and how is this happening? So it's a very, it's a very strange sort of world out there now. If you're going to be an aspiring musician, you've got different ways of making it. You don't have to go this sort of radio one, top of the pops, or wherever you live in the world. However, it happens, it just it happens across social media and all the medias we have. It's very weird. Well, I I mentioned
1: Marion before, and just looking at these tickets. Um, this kind of is indicative of how a band in the mid-90s would progress. certain um, right, so, I mean, maybe it's a bit um, different um, in terms of mm. the, the fact that there was so much hype around Britpop at the time. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so 16th of January in that year, I, I in went 95. To the, in 95, I went to the Brat yeah. Tour Um, where there was Marion, Skunk and Nancy, 60 Foot Dolls and Veruca Salt. So Marion, that was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time, 16th of January. 3rd of February, I saw Morrissey at the Barrowlands and Marion supported. So this was at the time when Sleep had just come out and they were the enemy darlings. Um, So that was January. How much was that Morrissey ticket? uh, £12.50. So that was the Vauxhall and I tour. Um,
0: you, you were on the Vauxhall and Naito?
1: Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah, Marion supported. Oh so that was January, then February. Then um, in April, they played... Oh, no, sorry, on 24th of March, the, the day after Elastica, I saw them at the garage. And then again, on the 27th of April, I saw them... This was a bit of a weird one, because they played the garage, headlined it, and then they went to King Tut's and headlined there. So it seemed a bit kind of the wrong way around yeah but really? basically the, the the way that it kind of happened and it felt like this is the most organic way of it happening is you promote a single you get some support gigs you headline a small venue then you come back and tour and it move up to a bigger venue and then to a bigger venue and um so then I saw them again in October 95 and that was um that was again at the garage, and then I think I saw them at the Barrowlands as well. Um, but that was a kind of that was a kind of progression. But now, mm. uh, God, we, you know know—you're talking about us sounding middle-aged. We sound uber middle-aged now. My God! But you know, as
0: you're as you're saying that though, I'm sat here thinking, and I was going to say, I don't want to sit here and sound middle-aged. <laughs> I mean, I am. How can we not? But when it comes to, like, you know, I don't have to prove myself here, but I, I like to think I know what's going on. I'm regularly going to gigs. But I have noticed in this, in this past couple of years that with, with the onset of, with Spotify and, and such like, the game has changed. So even though I'm still sharing new artists with my kids, my kids are sharing stuff with me so Grace is coming out with these great playlists that I would listen to. I'm like, where did you hear about these? Because yeah, maybe I still have that mindset of if uh, if Joe Wiley and Stephen Mack haven't played it for an evening, you know, yeah. or I've not read it in the NME. Or whatever. Uh, and today it would be Clara Anfo on Radio One of an Evening. That's still a that is, is still a really good show. And I listen to Radio One of an Evening. I still get new music from there. But Spotify and the algorithms suggesting. Grace relies on that. She finds a lot of these bands because Spotify has suggested them. And, uh, you know, similar to what I just said, there's one band that hopefully we're going to go and see together, She and I in the Ritz. So it's not a small venue, the Ritz. It's a band that she's heard from from Spotify. And yet this band, are really well-known, and I think it's a 20, 25 pound ticket. So it's not, it's not cheap. It's not, it's not expensive, but... And I'm like, who, who are these bands? How are they surviving? It's weird. Where have they come from? Yeah. And they're yeah. getting it from Spotify suggestions. So
1: at least Spotify are looking after the artists that are on their platform. You know, that's, um, <laughs> I I mean, know. yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, they've. did you see they've just started to sponsor Barcelona? The, football team, the football team, not the city. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, well, yeah, it's branded outside
0: the, 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 the Camp now. so... Spotify, um, oh, please pay your artists. Yeah. And um, here's a random one. Big shout out to Tom and Gray. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Next Gomez, uh, a beautiful man, and hopefully on the podcast soon and for everything he's doing for recording artists. Yeah, So,
1: <sighs> I think we've wanged on for quite long enough now, haven't we? Yeah, we,
0: have, we have wanged well on. Yeah. Right. Let's get on to the good stuff. The handsome man, the intelligent man, the talented man. Thank you. That's enough from Chris Payne. Now it's time <laughs> for Grant Nicholas from Feeder. Absolutely wonderful interview. Hope you all enjoy it. Yeah. If you've just skipped the last bit, welcome back. And here is Grant Nicholas from Feeder. Indeed, you join us here with Grant Nicholas, frontman of Feeder, and it is so, uh, I I don't know, it's so comforting seeing you on my screen, Grant, because it's like for (laughs) over 20 years we've seen your face, and Feeder, rightly so, have just been a constant in all our lives, I think, and so it seems like I've known you for years and years. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, well, actually, I've got a bit of a bug at the moment. I've got some, picked up some horrible... Like uh, like chesty infection got like acid reflux it's gone to my onto my chest and onto my onto my throat as you can probably hear but otherwise uh, it was all going really well until I got this <laughs> but it's all good you know we've got the album coming out and you know it's, there you will know, been lots of interviews and uh, we're doing some in store signings hopefully I think we're gonna have to move the first two just to do signings and then hopefully I'll be better to do the performances yeah you know, by Monday or Tuesday next week but yeah I mean it's all going great there has been some great. Seen a few really good early like reviews for the album, and uh, you know, just you know, the, the whole fan response has been really great. You know, so I can't complain too much.
0: It's so so chuffed to see you back with a new album, and, right. uh, and and I want to ask you about the album, but it is impossible to acknowledge or to not acknowledge the the recent you know. Uh, Times that we've all been through. So, how, without being a cliche, how was recording this album? Was it difficult, or um, did you feel like it was business as usual?
2: Well, things I have got my home. I, I do a lot of stuff from home. I've got like a really good little home studio. I can't do any big live drums in there, but we can do like pretty much everything else. So it didn't. It wasn't too bad. Obviously, um you know, with technology now, it it obviously has made it. Much easier. I mean, if you'd gone back like twenty years ago, there there is no way we could have made this album like during lockdown, you know. Right. Yeah. So what we had to do was, you know, we could. There was odd days where we could get into bigger studios, you know, to get the drums done, and then and then like bring it back here. But yeah, we made it work. I mean, we, I mean it wasn't that dissimilar to doing the last album. Obviously, it would have been nice, say, to have seen everybody a bit more. Um, I didn't see Taka for a, over a year during lockdown, so I was just sending him tracks and talking to him on the phone and stuff. But he's, you know, he so he was sending me bases. I was sending him tracks. He he, he was, you know, he, I put some bases on at home and then sending it back to me and we're editing it here and stuff. But, you know, we made it work, you know. And I suppose the sort of plus point of it all was that we had really good, you know, I just had a lot of time to really get it right and fine tune it and just get a really good brand going. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first, I mean, like the first few months of the whole lockdown, it was a bit uninspiring. I don't know. You know, we yeah. obviously played live and, didn't quite know where we were. It was a bit of a limbo. And uh, and then I just started writing again. And then basically this album is what happened, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was the same. I, I'm a photographer. I didn't pick up my camera for four months. Yeah. Um, just totally lost lost my mojo.
2: It weird time. Just yeah. Because you know, it didn't really have a purpose. It felt like, well, I can't really go out and do a tour. Know, you know, what's going on? It was just a really, really, you know, kind of really weird time. And quite a test of time. But I suppose, you know, me being a writer, that's what kept, Kept to you know, that's what kept, you know, semi whole sanity, I think. And it obviously inspired all these songs. And, uh, you know, maybe that's why the album's got a bit more rock to it this time around. You know, we always been a rock band, but this is sort of in a bit of a return to our earlier sound in some way, it just happened in a very natural way. And I think, and maybe it was a frustration of not me to get out there and, you know, do what we yeah. do yeah so do
1: you feel like you I mean I'm guessing you filled your boots in terms of writing um once you did get your mojo back
2: yeah well we did you know we did a lot of recording at the end of last year because we basically well the second half of the Tallulah album tour which was going really well it was such a great tour yeah that that all went that all got like pulled so we were a little bit oh no god you know what a shame and then we um and then we basically, I mean, I'd already been writing and we did some recordings. So we had basically what was to be the next speed of album kind of ready you know, to be mixed. Those songs haven't been used yet. So what we, and then it went from, okay, I've written all these new songs like during lockdown, we've managed to actually get like a body of work together. Let's make it like a double album. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's, quite a lot of songs
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: coming out of a weird time is it, is it too much on one thing is it, is it better it's just to test the water and see what happens so basically so what we're doing is it is kind of a double album but it's going to be in two halves so, the, so like the pre-lockdown songs plus some more that I've written since are going to be on the next album. That's like the second half of this one. So it's like a double album in two halves and there's only going to be a year gap between them, if that makes any sense. I
1: feel like there's going to be a wave of double albums now because, I mean, Johnny yeah. Mars just released released his double album.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, you know, the thing is, and I, I still want to do a double album. Except, you know, I've always wanted to do one. I know it's quite an old school sort of prog thing, but I kind of like all that. So yeah. hey, who knows? I've got enough songs. Maybe the next one actually might be the double.
0: <laughs> so it'd be like a trilogy thing i i like that and if you were to do if you were to do a double album do you think that you would have it sort of themed like you think of the sort of some of the most famous double albums i think of uh smashing pumpkins melancholy yeah yeah. you sort of have the harder edged side Mm. and then the second one so is that creatively something you have always thought yeah i want to give that a go
2: well that's what was going to happen on this one because the other half is it's still rock uh, and as uh, so the new ones that I've written have rocked it up a little bit more because they're a bit more of a natural follow on me from this record and they, and they would have fitted on this album. There's another six tracks, so you've got that plus, So there's you know almost like 20 new tracks there. So you know that that would that would make a really good like double album. And we might even pick like the best 16 and so so of so eight, you know, maybe eight on each one or something like that. Mm. So it's not too long, so it's got that classic old school thing about it. But yeah, I mean, I probably would make the one. You know, I quite like the idea of having one a little bit more rocky, maybe one a bit more mixed or a bit more mellow. Yeah, that's what we would have done if, if we had had the previous stuff and this one on one. That's what I would have done. I would have mixed it so it had a sort of nice bit of light and shade, so each one was a different yeah. kind of me. But I think, I think, I think you'll still get that. I know, and we've also got all all the artworks already done. So you get the second one as well, and and it's the same oh, right. art. So it's got the same look. It's got it's got like similar things. So when you see them back to back or side to side, whatever. Or laid on a table, they'll they'll feel feel like connected.
0: They'll become community. Yeah.
2: So so it is kind of a double album, but but they're not you know, but they're not as one. So they're standalone sort of bodies of work, but they're they are very much like connected. And I think the artwork actually makes more sense of that as well. The fact we've used the same artists, it's got you know, and it's got that same sort of collage art sort of look to it. Yeah. So it's all yeah, it's all a bit different. You know, when you've been in a band for as long as we have, it's nice to do something different. Yeah. And you know. If the songs are there and we've got, you know, we feel like we've got a good body of work, then you know why not? I mean, there's no rules
0: anymore, is there? No, no, not at all. And are you someone over the years? And I don't know if it's changed. Do you know no. when to stop, Grant, when it comes to no. sort of songwriting, <laughs> or, or is it like, is it uh, when it comes to not just the songwriting but the producing, or has tacker or someone else got to go, Grant? This is it. We, we've got it here. It, who, oh yeah, the I, that does yeah. That? Well, yeah. I mean, they do, but. I think what we do is we just try and get
2: a good body of work, and then we just pick the best of that, really. And then the stuff that doesn't make it often ends up as bonus tracks or B sides. And it's not because you know they're not maybe good tracks. You, you feel like we've got enough of that on, you know, on the album. You know, you can have too much of one thing; it can be make it a bit kind of one dimensional. You know, we're yeah. not that kind. Of band. You know, you know, we're a rock band, indie rock band, you know, whatever you want to call us. But we've always had that heavy side, and we've had the more acoustic and songs that are a bit more epic, you know, with strings on. That's kind of what we do. And obviously you mentioned like Smashing Pumpkins earlier, you know, we're not that dissimilar and, you know, they used to call us like the British Smashing Pumpkins because I think like dynamically, you know, they sort of did that. And also bands like Led Zeppelin did that, didn't they? And yeah. that's what inspired me as a kid, you know, Led Zeppelin had folk songs, they had like Cashmere, and then they had like rock and roll, you know, it was pretty diverse. And they had like the rain song and that's what made them a really interesting band. And we've always, you know, we've always liked to have that freedom as a band. But yeah, yeah. but to answer your question, yeah, sometimes, yeah, it might be tackle or it might be, obviously, you know, whoever I'm working with in the studio, you know, my co-producer, Tim, might say, yeah, I, got, I think we've got that covered. But but you know what? I don't think you can ever have too many. Um, yeah, it, just yeah. gives, it just gives me a lot more work to finish it all off because, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. You no, know, You know, once you've got, obviously, you know, you need to get, like, the basics on there. You, I, I think I, I think when you need to know when to stop, especially for me, is on the production side. Like, OK, yeah. I've got 15 guitar parts on here now. Do we need 15? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and you know, I, and it's very hard not to do it because it's like, yeah, this part sounds really good. And then you're like, yeah, but what's the one that's really going to be the one that, you know, that works, you know, with the vocal and works in the song? So that, that's something which sometimes you think like, yeah, OK, I think, I, I think, I think we've got that covered. Yeah. But that stands to like producing as well. I have to kind of know that as well. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of learning that all the time. You know, it's like...
0: that's something that's always interested me. And, and it is a cliche because I'm a Cardiff boy yeah. and I know you, you that, yeah, but yeah. My, my sort of musical references, when I look at the sort of the punk rock aesthetic, so hearing you guys over the years and hearing, you know, the Mannix and knowing how James Dean Bradfield is as well in, in the studio, yeah. how you lot can all have this real punk rock aesthetic. And yet you sit in the studio and you're like, yeah, we've just layered 21 guitar parts, yeah, which sort of doesn't sound sort of rock and roll. You think, hang on. that's uh, not really cool. I, and, and that's always interested me how you sort of punk rock boys then get to the studio and go, right, let's get 50 guitars. Is, is that. <laughs> it just makes me smile that like, i know i
2: think i think what the key is you need to have that one you know i'm sure it's the same with james because obviously, obviously i'm a big fan of the manics you know i think they're a great band and you know they're not that dissimilar to us in some ways and mm. um you know it's sort of i think as long as you've got that main part it might just be that simple chords or riff whatever it is that's the key and then you know as long as that's there it's kind of it's just kind of what you put around that it's just knowing it's just sort of knowing how many melodies that like, the ear can take because it might be right like <laughs> for me to it but but for someone hearing it they got like yeah that's a cool melody and you got another one there and it's like it's hard you know it is hard but that's what <laughs> fun you know it's it made of- me
0: smile so how are you yeah. moving it on to live then Yeah. how are you feeling now because you've got some you've got some big dates in April back yeah. on the road again for the first time in a short while uh are you nervous, anxious? Have you got a certain plan? How are you going to prepare? What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, obviously, um, and this new album is quite a workout. I mean, I mean, like drumming on this is pretty leery. I mean, like Jeff's really, good, you know, I mean, I mean, he's absolutely fantastic drummer, but he's he's got to get himself like that's fit for this <laughs> <laughs> because I'll tell you one thing he's going to be burning some ser- serious calories every night, I'm telling you. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously vocally, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy album to sing because it's got that typical thing with feeder where it's, there's really low stuff, then it gets quite high and it's, it's, you know, it's all in that range. So, you know, I've got to make sure that, you know, I'm got, you know obviously going to be, you know, going to be looking after myself and making sure that I can do it. Um, and, you know, we're really looking forward to maybe going back and doing a few, like, really like, early feeder tracks as well, you know, stuff from swimming and Polythene. Because it goes like, really well with this record and it feels like the right time to do it.
0: I love that. That's going to go down so well.
2: Big rhythm, choruses, you know, that classic sort of 90s feeder. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that. So I think if you put those in with this, it's going to be a pretty heavy set. Well, there's a few mellow moments, it's not all, you know, full on. And, you know, the songs are still, like, melodic, you know. They're not, you know, you know—you we're not yeah. a death metal. You know, it's still, I mean, you know me, I'm a song guy and that's what we do, you know. You know, we love yeah. things be heavy. But you know, I like you know, I like choruses and songs. That's kind of our trademark. So it's you know, so so it's got that. But the, you know, but there is a few moments where it just gives you a little bit of that ah and rest.
0: <laughs> but I've always found that they were still always when I think of feeder and I've seen you so live mm. so many times over the years, both on your actual tours, so in in venues, but especially as a as a festival. And that's where if people can see you on this tour. Mm. Go, go and see Feeder because that's where they're at the best. But you are also, and not every band can do this, you transfer so easily to a festival stage. Mm. Because when I think of Feeder, I don't straight away think of your own tours. I think of you on a big stage at a festival yeah. and just seeing a crowd moving up and down yes. and hearing everyone sing along. And, and that yeah. is, for me, that is feeder and it's sort of live music at its most most joyous yeah
2: I mean I think we've got a really you know we've got such a massive catalogue now you know you know we've never been a massive commercial sort of band we've had enough to keep us on the radio and some of our songs have done well on radio and then when you add them all up it's actually quite a few so you know when we do festivals obviously it's not about trying to be heavy for the sake of it it's just about giving people good songs and tunes they know that's what you want at a festival isn't it yeah for any band and I think if you try and play it too cool or try and do it. I've, I've tried to do something different at festivals and it and it, it just doesn't work. You just want to give people <laughs> just go out there and just give people the songs and just just like go for it. I think you know when you're doing your own tour where well, you know it's your dialog fans in general, so I think that's when you can be that's when you can like revisit some old classics and, and rock out a bit, you know. You know, yeah. you, you know, you know, I'm not saying we don't you know still like rock out at festivals. Yeah, of course we do. We, and, and we still throw a few heavy ones in here and there but it's a bit more the best of set which is you know that's what you do and but I think on your own tour I think that's when you do have a bit more you know musical freedom you know to like play new songs and you know this is the new album tour otherwise it would just be the same set every time wouldn't it
0: yeah no absolutely
1: we're going to take you back um, in time just now and your early memories of music did you did your folks take you to gigs was there a lot of music in the house when you were growing up
2: uh, they didn't take me to gigs no there was a lot of music because so, my mum did, 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 did a lot of operatic stuff <laughs> she did really? she's, uh, yeah in like shows at the, i think it was dolman theater at newport she was actually a really good singer she was like you know all that kind of sound of music and all that stuff So I remember going to those when I was really young to see my mum on stage, like singing. She always used to get the lead parts as well. She's good. So it's a bit of acting and singing. So that was my first sort of thing about seeing any live music. Uh, You know what? Actually, apart from school bands, like, you know, I remember like the Sixth Form band. They were called No Parking or something. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, wow, this is amazing. I, I got my first stall band when I was about ten. It was it was basically me and the drummer. It was just it was just a cymbal, and a little tiny bass drum. Like <laughs> so this guy on piano and there's no vocals and it was, uh, I'm not gonna be played chords. It was like well. It was like one of the stream. I actually remember the song that it was like it was like, oh god. You know
0: yeah. you remember the song, Grad. You remember, I, I remember
2: the song. I remember it well. I couldn't even see the guitar. I mean and we had to play at the end of, you know, like the school concert in front of the parents. So <laughs> Oh
1: no, you have to tell us what the band was called now. What was the band name?
2: Well, it, it got better that's the very early stage. That's the first eminent thing I me mean, actually being you know, on. It was called. It was called the Flames. See, that's not a bad name actually.
0: I like that. I'm okay with that. It's not
2: actually that bad, is it? Man? No. No.
1: <laughs> We've heard some shockers on this on this podcast. We have heard some absolute shockers. So would just ask Rick Witter.
2: Okay. Um, I mean, look, the Flames is not that. It's not actually that bad. It could be some cool new indie band could be called the Flames, couldn't they? It? Yeah.
0: It's not actually that bad. Not at all. It, 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 if I hear the Flames are playing the Six Music Festival, I'm going to go. <laughs> Oh my yeah. might, might
1: supporting the strokes or something, yeah.
2: Yeah, it has, it's got a bit of that going on. Whereas, yeah, it's got a bit of a sort of a bit of fifties thing with it, isn't there? And then but my first sort of half-decent band um was called uh was called Sweet Leaf after Black Sabbath because I'm a massive Sabbath fan. And we used to I mean we were just did covers mainly, so we did Sabbath songs like Paranoid and it's uh, just a three-piece. I, I I didn't sweet I didn't really sing in those days much because I didn't really really plan on being a singer, it just happened. I you know, I'm a guitar. Guitarist that sings, you know, I never still feels weird being called like the lead singer of the This is like, am I? Oh, yeah, I suppose I am. <laughs> anyway, but, um, it's only
0: been like 28 years or something. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know but I thought, I thought it still feels a bit weird to me. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, I'm a guitarist that sings. But yeah, so then anyway, then the other band was called like Sweet Leaf, and then I think the last band with the you know became I think was a four piece. I think was it four or five? That was called Albatross after the Fleetwood Mac song. That is hilarious. I
1: mean, honestly, those three band names are by no way, by no stretch of the imagination, anywhere near some of the worst ones
0: that we've heard. I no, mean, they're not
2: that bad, actually. You
1: know, even some of the bands that I've been in. Um,
0: <laughs> you know. So just remind us, Chris, what was... So, Grant, we spoke with Rick uh, Witter, lead singer of Shed 7. And, and what was uh, their what was their band? What do you used to call them? Bro-
1: Bro- Broccoli Haven. Broccoli so Haven. The
0: Vegetable. <laughs> no it
1: was no it was after broccoli the 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 area of london um but but yeah it's a it's a shocking name um and he would be quite he would hold his hand up to that um so um when do you remember going to your first gig the first gig that you you specifically decided you wanted to go to
2: yeah, I say well. Obviously, apart from seeing that six form band I mentioned, got no part. I mean, the first like proper gig I went to was at Colston Hall, I think, in Bristol. I think it was Ozzy Osbourne. Nice. What? It was he the Ozzy or Sabbath? I think it was Ozzy actually, because I remember you had Randy Rhodes, who was a really cool guitar player. Oh yeah, got yeah. After, he, he was. A, you know, if you're a guitarist, he was like tipped to be like. He was like yeah. He was sort of right up there. Like absolutely amazing player. And I saw him. Was that a helicopter um, uh, yeah. crash that he did? Was it a helicopter He, he I think he was flying. I think he was flying. I think he could fly. I think he was flying like a little plane somewhere. I think the Aussies was yeah. watching fire. I think he just, I, mean, I don't know, something happened. And, and he crashed. He was only in his 20s.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. He really young. And he, he, in fact, it didn't happen that long after I saw him. And it was, I think it was the, was it the Diary of a Madman tour? Or the Blizzard of Oz? I, I think it was Diary of a Madman tour, I think it was. Um, but yeah, that was one of the first like, proper gigs I went to. Um I went to see a lot of bands at Coulson lots of kind, of kind of heavy metal bands of that era, you know, 80s, you know, kind of metal bands and you know, all sorts. I mean, you, who else Who else did you see? Those are bands of that kind of, you know, you know, you know Judas Priest, Gillum, yes. all those kind of bands. You know what I mean? Brilliant. And yeah. I think I might have seen, even during the blockades, if I remember right as well, because I, I, I was quite into them. Yeah. Um, I might have seen a punk band, but I just, just can't remember all the bands. But I do remember, I saw <laughs> Def Leppard. <laughs> I was going to you suggest know, Leopard. Yeah, they went on to DCR. do well. They were just on the up, uh, you know, starting to break into America. a bit. I think it was the High End Ride tour or something. Was it? And that was the album.
1: All oh, right. Okay. Oh my gosh. You know,
2: you know, you know, you can't mop those bands. You know, they sold of millions of records.
1: I've got a lot of time for Hysteria. Real. I've got a lot of time for Hysteria. Um, yeah, you know,
2: it's big songs. You know, big production. But you know, and, yeah, they're still going. I mean, they were. You know, they they were massive
0: in America. Death Leopard for you know for years. They were huge yeah 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 they were playing stadiums it was, yes, yeah, it was big, it, it, yeah it was ridiculous so your your venues then because as a, as a fellow Welshman but as a Cardiff boy, I was spoiled yeah because I could just literally nip into Cardiff and then actually yeah. you know I jump on the train to Newport Centre a lot I've told Chris and, and the listeners, uh, uh, about an awful lot of gigs in Newport Centre, yeah, um, which sadly is is leaving us, isn't it? It's uh, Yeah, but
2: you're, well, you're about the
0: TJs and stuff like that, the old TJs. And then TJs, of course. What was one
2: in Cardiff? I played there once with that, you know, it uh, was it called Bogies in Cardiff?
0: Bogies, yeah, that was the yeah. metal, That sort I of played the, there. The I played metal.
2: there with, M- M- plus, say with I, think that was, I think that was with John. Was it John or with uh, Greg Haver that we talked about earlier? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I remember Bogus, I only played, ever, ever played there once. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there was a great scene there. There was some really good bands. I mean, it's always
0: been good bands in Wales, you know. I mean, even, yeah. you know, there's always a lot of musical talent there, you know. So, because you were near the border, because you are, yeah. are you more Chepstow? I was born in Newport and I grew up just outside Chepstow, yeah. So, was Colston Hall just easier for you to go over well, to? Bethel, well, or? it was
2: like. I mean, was a bit of a well-known... He was always just on the scene, right? He was, like, just on the... Um, I mean, I've played Colston Hall. He was a few times. Um, yeah, I think it was just, It was just like, he plays the dirty rock bands. I, I, I don't think there was really anywhere in Newport that were having rock bands to that size, was there at that time? There was only the St. David's... Um, there was St. David's Hall in Cardiff and a few... But, yeah, you know, that's right.
0: And then, I think St. David's Hall then put an end to rock gigs after, oh, um, Wasp. Do you remember Wasp? Uh, yeah. We are sexually perverted. That's what that was, wasn't <laughs> it? Uh, which makes me laugh. And I think their fans ripped out the seats in St. David's Hall. Or oh, did you know, they? It's a, yeah, it's a classical hall, isn't it? And so I think they then put an end to, to metal bands.
2: I've never played them with Feeder. We were gonna play the once, but I did go and see the alarm there like many years ago. I think I, I think I saw I think I saw Toto there as well with uh, yeah, I think I went there with John Lee. What?
0: You saw Toto?
2: I mean, I, I'm pretty sure they played there. I don't know. I'm sure it was there. I, I don't know. It was definitely in Wales somewhere. I mean, I can't think where else it would have been.
0: To be, it, it must have been a long time it, ago. It would have been the venue because it was yeah. before the Millennium Centre and, you know, Cardiff Arena. i pretty
2: sure it, it, was, it was there. It was with, uh, what's his name? Um it was a drummer, Jeff. Jeff. Piccaro. Jeff Piccaro, drummer. Yeah, awesome drummer, amazing yeah. drummer. So they, were, they were a great fun. band. Great oh band. yeah, I mean c- come on, I mean Africa's a classic song. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you like that kind of music or not. I mean you can't, you know, it's
0: just, just a really great song. Oh, yeah, you play song. that and everyone sings along, don't they? I, everyone knows it. Yeah. I just I want
1: know. hold the line on or um oh, yeah, Ros- the Rosanna. Rosanna was a great yeah. one as well. Oh no <laughs> that was my dad's um band of choice in the, the late 80s was, was Toto. So they were great
2: players, you know, you know, they they all yeah you know the like top players in that band. Mm, some, of the, some of the vocal stuff on that it's
0: just bonkers it's so high I, I was thinking how the hell has he hit that <laughs> oh his range his range is incredible now we just want to ask you because we like to ask everyone this because yeah. Chris and I we are a bit geeky and we have kept ticket stubs and all kinds of merchandise from over the years yeah. was, was do you have any of that stuff? Did you do that as you were a teenager and growing up? Did you keep your ticket stubs and yeah. got stuff? I don't, I don't know where a lot of them are. No, I did keep them. I don't
2: know. Probably, probably my parents lost somewhere in a box. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did used to keep them, yeah. I mean, I still keep some now sometimes. You know, I, I kept my, um, you know, so when I went to see Tom Petty, although I did actually actually make some black and AAA pass after. So I've, oh. actually, I've actually... But Tom uh, Petty? Yeah, I've got that on the. Yeah, you know, I've actually got that on my fridge over there because I thought having an AA Tom, pass, um, Tom Petty pass is quite a cool yes. one, isn't it? <laughs> yes! Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big Tom Petty Brilliant. And obviously, you know, he's not with us anymore, but it was, yeah, it was a great show. And that pass got me on stage and I walked into his dressing room and they were in there warming up before. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, are we meant to be in there? We're in Tom Petty's dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Does it actually mean all areas? <laughs> I was there with Jeff, on drummer, and it was a bit like, this is a bit weird, and there was all this booze. Everybody thought, "Do you mind if we mix some of these vodka before we go?" <laughs> <laughs> did you but, Did you
0: manage to speak to him?
2: You know what? I, that's one regret because I just thought he no. didn't, even, he didn't even turn around and think it oh, was these two guys in our dressing room because it, it was a big dressing room, and because I've done a high quite a few times, and they have these big marquee dress rooms, and they go back quite far. So they were sort of over there. He was playing like guitar and doing backing and vocals, and there was like there was like piano there, and it was just sort of kind of warming up. They didn't even bat an eyelid. They probably thought we were somebody who'd be some passes from the label, or you know what I mean. Or yeah. some press yeah. in the past. Yeah. They just thought, yeah, you whatever. But I really wish I said, look, I, I I'm not sure I should be in it. I got this pass. I'm a massive fan. Because I just want to, just just want to shake your hand. <clears throat> but unfortunately, I just thought, I just bottled it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where was that? What where was the where was the gig? I It was it was the last time he was over there. And, and obviously, you know, obviously died not long after. Yeah. Um, no. It was an amazing gig, and I was literally watching on the side of the stage. It was the most surreal gig. There was, the, there was a drummer from The Killers that we were talking to, the watch on oh, the funny. side. Yeah, and there was John McEnroe, the tennis player.
0: Brilliant. Yeah.
2: It, was, it was so random. And then Tom <laughs> Petty, I think Tom Petty's, like, daughters were there and watching, and they were kind of looking at me and Jeff thinking, oh, who are these guys on the side Because they were on one side... And then most of the guests, like you know, John Macron and guy were on the other side. I think we were on the family side by mistake without realizing. But they right, were two okay people, and but they just kinda kept kind of looking at us thinking, Who are these guys behind us? Are they meant to be here? <laughs>
1: We know that well. You're you're a bit poorly at the moment, and we don't have a massive amount of time, so we're gonna we're gonna um, just plunge straight into a quick fire round. So
2: okay, let's go. For it.
1: Let's crack on with this. So two answers for this one. I think favorite gig as a punter, and your favorite gig with feeder.
2: My favorite gig I've been to as a punter. Yeah. yeah. All right. Listen, I, I know I'm not say a gig. So there's been, been so many. I, I went to see Splash and Pumpkins on the on the. Um, Sunday streams tour. I think they were playing the Astoria, which is no longer there. It was, it, it was amazing. It, it, it was when Pumpkins were still doing it, using all the same gear they were still sort of recording with. It was it was, it was just it was absolutely amazing. That that that's one. But as an overall experience, um, I would say it was a Reading. I can't remember what, what year it was. It was when like Nirvana headline. Ninety two. I think Pumpkins were on the same bill. It was a really great lineup they had. They had, they had like Suede in the enemy te- um, tent. I yeah. managed to get, I managed to get a job there with John Lee, me, and Donna, who ended up in a band called Elastica. You know Donna? Oh, yeah. is uh, Donna Yeah, because yeah, I know Donna, you know, before she was in Elastica, I met her through John. She used to come and watch this rehearse. Um, and uh, oh, anyway, really? so, so we blagged these, we blagged being stewards, uh, like, ready, you could sort of put your name down. And you oh, didn't have to do much, you just go and stand in front of the stage and pretend you were doing something. So we got to see all the bands. We, we could stand in all the best places. We didn't get told off. It didn't matter, you know, where we were. <laughs> and, and I just what just it's just the most amazing line lineup that year. You know? So that one really stands out for me. Yeah.
0: What yeah. did you What did you think of Nirvana? Because I'm assuming you saw that you saw that gig then. Yeah, it was great. I mean, yeah,
2: you know, they were great. It was a weird gig. He was on weird from. Yeah, because it was that time where or the health thing and all the stuff that was going on with his life. So he, so he came on with the in a wheelchair and, sort of, you know, yeah. and then sort of started playing. So everyone was a bit like, you know, what's going on? And then suddenly they kicked in. I mean, they were great. You know, they had a vibe. You know, they were raw. It was, yeah. you know, it's what you expect them to be, you know. But they, but they were good. You know, they weren't, you know, they didn't let the side down at all. You know, they could definitely had a vibe. But it was, it was, you know, super raw.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. I was I, wa-
2: I
1: was TV. watching an old Top of the Pops last night actually and um just randomly and they, they were on they and it was their famous um performance of Smells Like Teen Spirit where Oh yeah when
2: he sings it down he yeah. just talks it yeah <laughs>
1: but, but but apparently he was trying to sound like Morrissey uh, which I oh, had right. real I hadn't realized before. Um and, and yeah. I think Dave Grohl just plays all on the on the hi hat and the cymbals. That's
2: it, That's just, right. Just, just his arms I think, up I think, in there. I think what happened was, I think he didn't want to do, he didn't want to mine or something, or he didn't want to do something, and I think he was saying, uh, you know, maybe deep down he had a bad throat and he just didn't want to scream it, it's, you know a hard song to sing, I'm yeah. not sure, but there's there's like, lots of stories around, I know Dave Will said it was something like, he didn't want to, he, he, was, he was just annoyed that he had to do this live up with the back or something.
0: I think it was mine, yeah,
2: wasn't it? Or something like
1: that, yeah. I think he, had, he had a sweet voice down in that register,
0: though. It was quite sweet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Grant, what was... And we realise when we ask these sort of quick-fire questions that y- you may answer the question differently in an hour's time or tomorrow or whenever, and that's totally fine. But, but right now, when we say to you, what was your favourite or most standout feeder gig? Wh- what one comes to mind where you just think... I loved every minute of that. I'd say there's been, there's, they, there's been loads
2: and probably some of the smaller But I'd say there's one that I think is a really important gig to us and one that stands out always was when we did Reading. I think it was 97 Reading. I think it was 97. And we were on the main stage for the first time. This little three piece pulled a really big audience. and We totally nailed it. And I, and I remember, you know, me, John and is just going on. So I was like, oh, here we go. We'd worked our way up from playing to two people. The doctor might intent at Reading to finally get on the main stage, and it just all came together for us. And everyone was going, "Who's this band?" And I think it turned a few heads in the industry.
1: Yeah, did that feel like a big stepping stone then for you guys? Oh,
2: massive, huge. I and mean, that's why that one stands out for me. I mean, and the same year we did V Festival, and that that was a great lineup. It had, you know, the Foo Fighters, Braun, and stuff like that. And we had a blinding show there, so we had two really great festivals. So it was just just a real big stepping stone. But that one at Reading. I don't know, there was just something about Reading that that that, that one just stands out for me as being a real moment.
0: you know what? I was there for that.
2: Were you? I was wearing right. a yellow t-shirt uh, and <laughs> long hair and uh, every time I see it I always remember it because I remember this bright I was wearing this, little, you know, in those days that sort of grip pop, they were quite small t-shirts for the band and I was wearing this <laughs> bright yellow t-shirt but it just had a vibe you can see I'm not smiling much I'm really into it, and I'm really intense like I'm gonna make sure this works. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, pulled it off. You know, we only a three piece, but we pulled it off. I think. Oh
1: well, that's no, great! We, that kind of um, opportunity coming up, and then the fact that you did actually grab it with both hands. It could have gone nailed, nailed, wrong. Nailed, Yeah, yeah but you nailed the performance, yeah. and and yeah. then that's great.
0: It was, yeah. and it was great, and it was, and I do remember because it was, it was just after lunchtime, and yeah, quite early. And, yeah, and it was a big crowd. And I remember there was quite a lot of anticipation.
2: It was a nice day, but, you know, it wasn't raining. And, you know, those festivals, you know, they can go either way. Sometimes you can really be totally on form and just everything goes right. It could be sound problems or something goes down or it just doesn't feel like it connects or you just aren't quite on form. You never quite know with festivals. Even now, you know, you can be gunned up and you go on. Sometimes you just don't connect. Yeah, but that's yeah. what's so interesting. That's what, it, that's what keeps being in the band interesting because you
0: never know. It's never predictable, you know. Yeah. What, what's your favorite? Because our next quick fire question is, what's your favorite venue or festival? So just following on from that, what? What? First of all, what is your favorite festival to, to play? Favorite festival? Yeah. Obviously, uh, I'd say my favorite festival is Fuji Rock in Japan.
2: Ah, <gasps> oh, it's one of always one for the go to. Oh, it's wicked! It's got such a proper. It's well number one. It's really well run. Yeah.
0: People,
2: are rubbish. it's so clean. It's yeah. up in the mountains and it's like, it's basically a ski resort, let it, say, in the winter. It's about three hours drive from Tokyo, maybe three, four hours. And it is the most amazing. You, you sort of go into the woods and there's like a little stage and there's always lanterns and lights. And then you go to another bit and there's like some little tiny acoustic stage with like 30 people watching. And then, and then the main stage is amazing. And then you've got like two other big stages, but it's quite, it's not overly big as well. You can sort of get around it. You know, some festivals are too big. And it's, it's, just, it's just amazing. And they have got great PA. It's loud as well. You don't have that noise thing where you go, oh, you can only have it but it's loud as loud a, as a really like, you know, like a stereo system on sort of half volume. I, I, I don't get that, you know. I mean, I, I don't want to damage people's hearing, but you know, you, if, if you go to see a rock band, it's got to have a little bit of power, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Fuji Rock. Fuji Rock, it's like cranking
0: up. Really?
2: Oh, it's wicked. And it's just a great festival. Obviously,
0: you know, good food, you know, great audiences. So that's yeah, that's what I would say. And the lineup, the lineup, they've always because I always my dream would have been to see the Beastie Boys play there. Oh yes, yeah. And because they loved it, it was like their favorites, their favorite festival.
2: Well, everyone loves it. It's just a great festival. And you know, we were meant to be doing it. We we were meant to be doing it a lot. So last year, the year before, we were on the main stage, we had a great slot, and then it of course he got canceled. We only had like Japanese bands for the COVID thing. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to go on this year, but I think there's a good chance we might get it next year, but we might be going to Japan to do some touring this year if we don't do Fuji. But, you know, we'll do it because our promoters do Fuji rock as well. But it's a hard one to get on. But we, you know, we go down quite well there. We've got a good little fan base in Japan. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely a standout one for me. That's one of my favorites. Right,
0: I'll, um, be in your, I'll be in your suitcase for that. Graham. Yeah. All right.
2: And <laughs> um, favorite venue? Favorite venue, very hard to pick one. Can, can I say a couple? Of course.
0: Yeah.
2: All right, because I'm not very good at this. It's hard. Um, I love the Barrowlands in Glasgow. Oh God, <laughs> everyone.
0: Grant, what, what, what is it? Because everyone says this. What is it about Barrowlands? And it's Chris's favorite venue.
2: It's got this sprung dance floor. It's like
0: it's just old school. Like the
2: dressing rooms are like some scene from. Like, I don't know. It's just constantly about it. It's really raw, and oh, I just love it. It's just, it just got a great atmosphere. I mean, I mean, Scottish audiences are great anyway. Um, that's that, that's that's one that I've always loved. And you're going back there in April as well, aren't you? Going back there in April, yeah. And, and Rock City Nottingham is a great venue. It's just got a real... It's like a... It holds about 2,000 people because it's not deep. It's wide. Yeah. It feels like a club gig, even though you've got 2,000 people watching you. And the audience... <laughs> yeah. Is- so I think for, you know, for... Po- yeah, you know, so I think for the audience, you feel like really connected with the band, and you feel like they're kind of right there. So that that stands out. And then just you know, kind of obvious ones, really, like you know, like the Roundhouse in Camden's, You know, that's that's that that's a great gig. You know, British Academy, yeah. and I love Colston Hall. It might be it might just be my memories of going back to being a kid and seeing bands. That yeah. was my a Colston Hall with Feeder. and when the first time we did it, it was like I can't believe I'm on this stage.
0: It's like it was incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I'm
2: sorry, I couldn't really answer one, but that's that's a few that spring to mind.
0: Love that, love that. And the bar- I just need to get to the barrel lands. I need to oh, get you to really the barrel do. Lands. You do. Who is your, if you could just see one singer or musician live every week, you can see them every week. Oh. Just uh, just something about them live because, you know, I've got lots of artists that I love on records. Sometimes yeah. they convert live. Sometimes they don't. But sometimes yeah. there's someone live that you just think, oh, I could watch these. All. Well, you
2: know, you know what? Just because I lo- just because he's a timeless thing I mentioned earlier on. I mean, I see to Tom Petty probably just because yeah. I love that. Yeah, he was around. I know that might sound. I mean, you know, these bands. I mean, if I just for bands that have blown me away. I mean, like when I saw Radiohead, we we, we did a festival in Germany. Radiohead are a bloody good live band. They are yeah. seriously. Good. Yeah. So I would say Radiohead are, are right up there. Yeah. But just for me, just purely on a song point of view, Tom Petty, I think, because I just love, you know, I just love, I, he's just timeless. I don't know. Just yeah. as a songwriter, I just like reconnect with him. So I could watch, you know, I, I just wouldn't get bored of seeing him, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, next
1: question is um, worst ever gig, and that can be as a punter and or um, performing. Worst ever gig. Worst
2: ever gig. Uh, the worst ever gig. So that's my manager calling me. Go away all right uh sorry to send it off um worst ever gig well it was bad for everybody now basically we did this festival in italy i can't remember the name of it and it was the most bizarre experience in my life i remember <laughs> stereophonic stereophonics actually walked off stage and i and they had to do a press conference because like kelly was just like not in any of it and and yeah and fair play to him basically the audience were there to see this one artist. I can't remember his name. It was some famous, like Italian artist, a bit like a kind of a, an Italian, I suppose, Phil Collins or something. I can't remember his name. Was his name Zucchero? No, no, no. It wasn't <laughs> Zuc- I've actually written a song for him. But okay. No, it's not. It's wow. not. It's not Zucchero. It's somebody a bit like that. I'm sure it wasn't Zucchero. It was somebody else. Maybe it was? Maybe what? Well, anyway. So basically, so 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 so, so these sort of Came to see this festival, and all they wanted to do was see him. So any other band on the floor, and they just weren't interested. And they were like throwing like honestly, I got hit by a can of tuna. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> 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 you you can see this stuff like coming at you, like bottles of pee. And our tour manager got hit in the head. You know the bottle of pee, and he and he gave him a big lump over his eyebrow, and he got pissed all over him. <laughs> And uh, I saw this can coming towards me like that, and I was trying to dodge it. And this is for the whole set. It, 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 it wasn't one or two. Anything they could throw, they were just throwing at us. And we're thinking, what is going on? But then we realised they were doing it to every single band. But we stuck it out, and we did a whole set. And I was like, I was like this. Oh, here's I yeah. uh, And sure. then, uh, who was going yeah. with a can of tuna? Yeah, I've never been, <laughs> that's the most random thing. I think that could have killed me. And uh, <laughs> yeah. It was, um, and then I think the same thing happened to the phonics. And I think it's just gotten to a point where people, I was, I was like, you know, we almost walked off. We just thought, I'll oh, just get through it. And I think they, yeah, I think they just sort of did the song and just thought, no, I'm not having this. Right. Um, that was, that was, that was probably one of the worst kicks. I thought, why would you go to a festival and just do that to bands? It's just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: that is, that is bonkers. Yeah,
2: you asked Taka, because I asked him, I said, because I asked him, um, you know, what was, I think you've been asked that before. And that's when he always ran as well. It was, but it was bizarre.
0: We we need only, uh, only to respect y- your time and your health. We have to uh, br- bring this to our, I could speak to you for ages and ages, but we're gonna finish just with two, two more questions. Yes, and both yes. of them are sort of recommendations really. The first question is, yeah. who should we and the listeners, who do we need to see live? Who Ooh. is the artist that you think, do you know what? You should go and see these, they're, they're a real, and it could be for whatever reason.
2: Well, there's loads really. I mean, uh look, I, I'm not very good at one word answers, I'm terrible, but I, I've obviously mentioned Radiohead because they are they yeah. it's, just like, just, it's just like a one off. It's just so good. They it, really are. I'm, when I watch Radiohead, I think I, I'm not sure I'm good enough to be in a band. <laughs> <It's>, oh. <laughs> no, but they are they are really they have just got something about them. They just they're, they're just great. And um I would say Jack White is really good live. I went to see him on his solo update, and and he rocks. He, he he's yeah. got something. Um, and and I go and, and I think Foles, uh, I I think Foles are great. And also I think just just to give you know like a um, like a newer band. Um, I think Idol's a great live. I know they're I know they're really happening at the moment, but they're really good. It's intense. It's got like a bit of a kind of punk Ian Jury thing going on. I think, I think they're a really interesting band. So there's. There's a few that spring to mind.
0: I'm glad you said that because I saw I saw Idols just a few weeks ago in Manchester. Yeah, and I came away with exactly that feeling. It was so tense the whole yeah. night. I was just like, "What is happening here?" I know. It, it, just it's really good. The they
2: got a good thing going on. They got you know lots of stuff because the way he sings, it kind of reminds me of that kind of punky and thing going on. And then it, there's some really cool guitar stuff going on. So it's got a bit of a rock edge, bit of a. Oh, yeah. You know, it's got, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they're a really good band. I mean, I can see why, you know, why they're doing well and why they connect with people. Yeah. Lots of lads at their gigs, like, yeah, come on.
0: <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Yeah.
2: But yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many good bands around. You know, it's hard to pick, and that's just a few to mind. but there's some great young bands around. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, some really good bands in Wales. And, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, definitely there, you know, there's still a lot of liking guitar music. And that's all I'd say no absolutely
1: yeah, and the last question is um do you have a goat or can you suggest a go-to live track or album or maybe it's a video that's on youtube something that you can go to every time and it either fires you up or chills you out yeah i don't
2: really listen to that as much but i'd say you know a lot of led zeppelin stuff you know i still love you know watching a lot of the sort of zeppelin stuff um yeah. You know, they were, you know, they were, you know, when they were on it, they were really, they had something, didn't they? I mean, like Zeppelin, were, you know, awesome band. I mean, like John Bonham, I mean, what a drummer. Um, you know, I like a lot of, you know, I love a lot of the old, I mean, I'm a big Fleetwood Mac fan, just seeing some of the old footage of that stuff. I mean, I love a lot of 70s, you know, especially late 70s stuff, you know, I sort of grew up on a lot of that. Um, But yeah, i say Zeppelin is definitely up there. And obviously Sabbath as well, you know, I mentioned Black Sabbath, you know, I love watching old old footage of, you know, Black Sabbath. But if I had to pick one, I know, there's something about the Zeppelin stuff's great. You know, the Hendrix stuff's cool too, but I don't know.
0: I think Zeppelin <laughs> might be the greatest. Live, I think they might be the greatest.
2: When they were on it, when they, were on, you know, when they really connected, it, they were just outstanding. Like, you know, there's just something about it. It was kind of loosened. Had a vibe about it, but oh god! I mean, just like the rhythm section in that band is just ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. stupid! Isn't
1: it? Well, with every um, episode, we we put a, a, a web page on our website, and there will be a load of videos, and we'll put some Led Zepp up there. We'll put some. Yeah. Uh, we'll put some Ozzy Osbourne with Randy Rhodes on there as well. And yeah, uh, go on, that uh, be great all that stuff. All that stuff. So you you're going on tour starts April. Let me see, April twenty third
0: yeah the the new album out now torpedo out now
2: yeah it's out now and yeah the tour and we are doing uh, actually we're doing this show in um in uh, wales we're playing in uh with um with noel Gallagher high flying birds um it's in june sometime yes you're playing colwyn bay yeah that's right on the is it 19th or 16th of june so you know if you're if you're around you know obviously come and see us but we are we couldn't get the right venue for the first leg of this tour. That's why there isn't a Newport or like a, a, a Cardiff date. But we, but we did play quite recently with the, with the Catfish and the Bottle men in Swansea. And we just yeah. played last weekend um, at the Queen's Hall in Pembrokeshire in Narberth. So we yeah. have done some. I'm, I'm not dissing Wales. I love playing in Wales. And I've got my mates saying, I can't believe you're not coming to Wales on the tour. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did try. But after the COVID thing, all the venues around and everyone wants to play and we couldn't get the That's right place. Right. So we will be back but we are doing some stuff in Wales still.
1: So. I'm Manchester and uh, Alex is Salford. So we'll we'll head, head down the academy on. It.
2: Yeah, I'm doing the academy. So if
1: you want to come, you know, let us know. 29th, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll maybe shoot you. I'll be down yeah. the front.
0: I'll be down yeah, the front. Yeah, we'll talk sort of
2: tickets out for you. If you let um, Jay know, we'll sort out some tickets for you guys.
0: You're a good man. Well, thank you so much, Grant. We cannot thank you enough. You are so good of you doing this. Get some rest, be well and enjoy it's the tour.
2: Can I just say, I don't want this just going out, but I just want to say, listen, guys, I, I am feeling like rough as hell here, and
0: I just want to say
2: I'm really sorry that I can't do the Chris Evans singer tomorrow. I w- I've done everything to try and do it. I just got to think about the tomorrow and getting well. But as soon as I know I can do something, I will be there. So any, you know, I'm still going to do the signings, and when I can do some performance stuff in the signings, I'll be there. I'm doing my best, but please, you know, I'm really sorry. I'm. Out do you know what,
0: friends? Getting- everyone understands and all we'd right. all rather you feel better and, and be ready for the live day. <laughs> so yeah. There.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm smiling now guys but deep down I'm actually like broken about it because like, you know we've just been rehearsals got it all sounding like really nice and it's like oh god anyway we'll be back.
0: Just get better get better. Thanks Grand Nicholas thank you so much man. Thank you.
2: Take care it's been a lot of fun.
0: Take care. Thank you so much. Cheers buddy.
2: I'll see you in Manchester.
1: What do you
0: think about that then? What a great interview! Amazing. What what a lovely what a lovely man. And um, yeah, I I didn't sort of didn't expect his um, massive love for Radiohead and Black Sabbath. Wouldn't have guessed that. Wouldn't have guessed that. But I was loving that. I was loving that. Yeah. And you know what? I said it's um, it, it, it was a genuine it was genuine when i th- said to him how i how i feel and think about feeder because i have seen them at festivals over the years and they they were a constant and they always were a feel good band and that again is not a backhanded compliment it was always the crowd having a massive sing along and just heads up and down bouncing about you know they're a cracking life band and yes. It would be worth your while going to uh, going to see them in April. Shall I give you those dates? Yes, please. Do. Okay. Do got the dates
1: and venues. Dates and venues. So O2 Academy Oxford, that is the twenty fourth of April. Um, the O2 Guildhall Southampton, twenty sixth of April. O2 Academy Bristol on April the twenty seventh. Then they're here at Manchester Academy on the 29th of April. That's then going to go off. That's going to go off. Um, and that one's low availability, apparently. Um, I, yeah, I think they will, they will all become low availability <laughs> yeah, soon. Um, then on April 30th, they're at the Barrowlands in Woo! Glasgow. Then May 2nd, Newcastle upon Tyne at uh, Newcastle Uni Student Union. And then they're at Rock City in Nottingham on May the 3rd, O2 Institute in Birmingham on May 5th, and O2 Academy Brixton on May the 6th. And then, as as Grant mentioned, they're at Colwyn Bay on June the 18th with Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. With the vaccines as well. The vaccines are playing there as well.
0: I I think I fancy a trip across North Wales, Chris. I think we should... uh... Go and see him with with Noel. That would mm. be that would be a lovely, uh, uh, a lovely day out. <clears mm, <clears <throat> so up. yes, if you haven't got your tickets already, get your tickets for that tour. And the new album Torpedo is out right now. So switch this off and get that album on. Stay in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts and feelings. Your uh, keep sending us your pictures, memorabilia, merchandise, ticket stubs. Tell us all about your favourite, worst, loudest. And you can find us across all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Geek Stories
1: Pod. Do we really want to hear about our listeners' feelings, though? Feelings? Feelings are things that you need to trap and bury deep inside you so that they eat you alive. Is that not what you do with feelings?
0: No, don't get me tired of that. <laughs> Listener, we're just going to have a chat here. You, uh, you you get going and turn on that feeder album. I'll get on the coach. <laughs> See you later. Bye.